might want to share with you today and how we can journey through that question. Um, so yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. I've realized we've not put my PowerPoint there, so I'll do that soon. Um, but why don't we wait to start? Father, thank you for the chance to gather this morning. God, thank you that you are the same whatever situation we face and whatever um, yeah, whatever problems or things are coming our way. God, you, you remain steadfast and Lord, I pray that you would engage with you this morning. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us and, and Lord, I pray that as we're waiting for those answers, as we're seeking you, God, that we would remain in your rest. In Jesus' name. Amen. Right, we're just going to put my cap on We won't have much, but there might be a few things that might be Deliverance, we want our problems to go away instantly. But if change doesn't happen, 
well, a number of different books, how to frame when you're not being silent, how, how, how to frame when it feels like God's on you. Um, so yeah, if you want some recommendations of books, then um, yeah, you can use them. Uh, so the study is quite similar to some of the Bible from the other reading classes. So the first thing I think uh, we need to do whilst we're waiting is to be willing. And Pete Greg said, the best bit of advice I ever received about how to pray was this. Keep it simple, keep it real, keep it up. And so I think often when we're, when we've been saying the same prayer, or however long it is, the, the temptation is to give up, to think, well, God's not listening, God's not answering, I need to shout that prayer and not say it anymore. But I really believe that if God puts something on our hearts, we need to keep going to him with it. Um, and so we need to be willing to keep it up, to keep that prayer life up. And an example of this is Daniel, um, he made the prayer of regularity in his life. Daniel was a prayer warrior with a regime over and down. He set aside, we told him about he set aside three times a day to go and pray for the Lord in prayer. And there's something that we can learn from this example. I don't pray regularly three times a day. I mean, I might pray more than that some days, and some days I might pray once or twice. Uh, but I don't specifically set aside that time three times a day to sit and be with the Lord and tell him what's on my heart. And it might be that some of, for some of us, maybe we need to do that. Maybe we need to set aside that regular time to say, God, I'm here. Telling you my stuff and I'm doing it. No matter who Daniel was surrounded by, what was going on, um, he prayed faithfully. And so I wonder if there's something in being a willing prayer like Daniel was. We can show God that we know that He hears us, that it's important to spend that time with Him, and that we're hopeful of an answer by setting aside that time for you, whatever that looks like. Mine might be Monday, might be school today, but um, whatever that looks like. Okay, the second one, oh, there's my favorite, but that's quite pretty, but that's the internet can do that itself, um, is acknowledge. Um, so, uh, this is another Pete uh, Greg quote here. Life uh, sometimes hurts like hell, but I've discovered that deleting God from the equation doesn't actually help. It merely removes all meaning and morality from the mess and all real hope from the future. I don't know uh, if you're anything like me, but I've realised that when life is tough and um, I feel like my prayers aren't being answered, um, I sort of turn into a five-year-old. I do that, lying down on the floor, ignoring everything that's going on. I mean, I don't physically lie down on the floor, but like that, ignoring everything that's going on around me, I try and cut God out, I try and shut myself down because I feel like you're not listening, so why would I bother to talk to you? Um, and that's no way forward. We're never going to make any steps forward if we do that. If we don't acknowledge God in our battles, if we don't acknowledge Him in our joys, then we work, then the worry and the reminder of the things that we're um, going through feels hopeless. It feels like there is no hope. And if we acknowledge these things to God, if we see Him in a situation with us, then that helps. And um, I think a great example of this is Joe. Um, I mean, what the things that he faced was incredible, and probably, hopefully, far beyond anything that we are facing. Um, and in James 5, we're told about Joe. You have heard of the steadfastness of Joe, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. So when it comes to thinking about understanding our suffering and the prayers that we're bringing to God, we can look to Joe. He was 
children, his wealth, his health. He never, we never really come to a conclusion of why this happened or the purpose of it. Um, he had to endure so much, but perhaps we can relate to his suffering. Perhaps one of those areas of our lives is an area that we're suffering into, and we come to God and we're saying those prayers. But Job was honest in his affliction, in the things that he was suffering. Um, he kept trusting in God, he kept believing in God throughout it all. Um, his wife came to him and said, uh, in Job 2, verse 9, are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. Like, can you imagine if someone came, you're in the deepest pit you've ever been in, someone comes to you, the most trusted person in the country and says that. The temptation would be, well, yeah, I give in. Like, how can I keep going in this? But Job didn't. He was so faithful. He acknowledged God in his need of him and in his suffering and got him through the hardest of times. Um, last time I was here, I can't actually remember when it was, but it was a few months ago. Um, and I think I mentioned to you that um, I have a, a friend from childhood, we've known each other since we before, and um, she's the same age as me, and she passed away last December. Um, and that was, well, I managed to not cry last time. <laughs> um, that was and continues to be one of the hardest things that I have ever faced and I'm still living through. Knowing um, someone since you were four and having a friendship with them and seeing them not daily but very regularly and you can't see them anymore, it's so hard. And there have been times when I have felt completely lost in my sadness. Actually, that song you chose earlier about um, the goodness of God, you couldn't sing that for such a long time because when you feel sad, it's so hard. To, you know what's good, you know it, but you can't say it. And, um, oh, it's up to go But <laughs> I Example about, but that. 
she's an example of prayer not being formal, but for Anna it was deeply emotional and deeply honest. She was so vulnerable with God her father, and she expressed the deepest and the most desperate desires of her heart. Um, I don't know Anna, but she is famously remembered in scripture as the mother of the prophet Samuel. Um, Hannah's story is so much more than being a mother though. After years of trying to conceive a child and being ridiculed by her husband's other wife, we don't need to talk about that, um, <laughs> Hannah went to the temple to make a sacrifice to the Lord and pray for the child. So she is talking about children, but that's her deepest desire. What's our deepest desire? Are we talking to God about those deepest desires, whatever they may be? And 1 Samuel 1 10 tells us this she was in the bitterness of the soul and wept in anguish, praying to the Lord. But in the next verse, we're told that she makes a promise to God that if he grants her a child, she will give that child back to him. She's raising, she's going to raise this child in the ways of godliness and righteousness, and, and that if God provides this child, she will give it back to him. And I'm wondering in our life, what are the things that we are asking God for? And if he then asks for them back, we can give them. And I think she's a really great example of that um, relationship between God and child. And God did provide for her. She prayed this prayer, I don't know how long for, but a long time. And God provided with Samuel and her seven other children. How many people have more than two? I don't know. But she had seven children. So God heard her prayer. She felt like he hadn't really heard it and he gave her more than she'd even asked for. And then she gave Samuel back because that's what she wanted. And so often in our relationship with God, it can be easy for our prayer life to grow formal and out of touch. So, you know, we come to church on a Sunday and we pray, we might have a prayer trip and we pray there. But Hannah shows us that not to pray in that way, um, but for her it was deeply emotional, deeply honest. She was coming to her creator and expressing her deepest desires and knowing that he hurt her. Um, and then that promise of hers, what you give to me, I shall give back to you in form. And so, um, yeah, later on in uh, 1 Samuel 11, it says this, O oh Lord Almighty, if you only look upon your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. She's being so unfair, so open. And, yeah, she became pregnant, she had Samuel, he became great glory for the Lord, uh, and, yeah, God honoured honest his promise to her. And so I wonder, what are the deepest desires of your heart? Perhaps it is for children. Perhaps it's for the children that you have to know Jesus for themselves. Perhaps it's for peace or health or protection. Perhaps you pray deeply for other people who are facing hardship. Perhaps you pray for justice or your finances or friendship or joy. Whatever it is, it, it's really important that we spend that time with God, sharing those things deeply with him and waiting on his answer. Moses had this responsibility of leading God's people out of Egypt where they 
rebellious and they grumbled and they wept and they chose to long for their previous life of slavery rather than this great life that Moses had told them about when God had provided. And they chose not to listen again and again. And the miracles that God had done amongst them seemed to be like a distant memory, so they couldn't remember them anymore. God wanted to destroy the Israelites for their continued contempt of them But Moses interceded for the people. He prayed for his people and he turned the wrath of God away. And the Israelites did eventually cross the promised land um, after the unbelieving generation that doubted God had died. Although Moses would not have suffered his disobedience and they led by But I just think that in those times when we're facing these hardships, Moses is a great example of continuing to trust when things are hard. Continuing to, I'm sure he prayed for himself, but he prayed for the people around him too. And so in times of waiting, there might be temptations not to trust that God will do what he promised. We might want to listen to the other voices around us telling us to doubt God or to instill fear in us or to tell us to do it ourselves and go our own way. Um, or we might want to rebel against God. We might want to say, well, fine, you haven't heard that prayer. I'll do something completely different. But Moses was a great example of a man who remained faithful, remained loyal to God, regardless of whatever else was going on. So, oh, I've whistled through that. We've got loads of time, I think. So, those are my thoughts and what to do with the waiting. Um, I thought we might end by doing some waiting on God. Um, I, don't really, I don't get many peaceful moments in my life. <coughs> I'm not finding God, God. I don't get many peaceful moments in my life. And so to have a bit of peace, to listen to a song, to tell God what someone... I'm going to say this <coughs> Jack or something, and it's got stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought we'd listen to a song. Uh, it's one I just found the other day, actually. Um, the lyrics are up on the screen, but someone's done the 